Is your mic on? Hello. There you go. There we go. There you go. <laughs> so you switch it this way to go on and the other way to go off. Yeah, the one that says on is on and the one that says off is off. Okay. The OFF switch. Yeah. Versus the ON. Yep. That's how it works. Okay. <laughs> I got it now. Well good. I think I'm get I'm thinking I'm getting the hang of this. How you doing? Uh, you know. It's Monday, February 6th. Let's get this podcast over with. <laughs> Later on, ask me about the dream I had last night. Okay, let me write that down. I had a bit of a fitful night of sleep <clears throat> coming off a cold and uh, lots on my mind as usual. Okay. I don't usually have dreams that I remember, so maybe, really? this, is, maybe this is significant. Okay. I've had some dreams, but uh, I'm not sure... I should talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> I hear you. It's a black pill out there, folks. <laughs> it's raining black pills. Yeah, pick one up, swallow it with some <laughs> Diet Mountain Dew and get Diet on with Mountain it. Dew, okay. Well, so it was uh, Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. It was. And then uh, the day after that was the technical cross quarter of Imbolc, I-M-B-O-L-C is how you'd spell it, the Celtic uh, traditional cross-quarter day. Yeah, highly highly celebrated here in the U.S. <laughs> we didn't hear much about Groundhog Day at all. Yeah, it kind of came and went. We heard um, a lot about a Chinese balloon. Did you see much about that? Yeah, I followed that story a little bit. I... I kind of figured if it is a Chinese spy balloon, then they, the Chinese, wanted us to see it because everybody saw it. I wonder, like the mainstream press was making a big deal out of it, right? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't really watch much of the mainstream press, but... Uh, I didn't either. I, that's what I'm told. Eventually, it floated clear across the United States because wasn't it first sighted in Montana? Yeah, and then it got it. It ended up getting shot down over the Atlantic Ocean. You know, some week later or something. I I didn't follow it too closely. There's been some theories about it, but I I just figured if it's truly a Chinese spy balloon, they obviously want us to see it, and there's way better ways for them to spy on us like people and TikTok and also just asking Biden to, <laughs> to not do anything to slow them down here, or to stop them or to here, take this envelope full of cash and tell us all the dirt. Do you remember during the Biden inauguration? I know you watched it. Uh, oh, wait, that was me. By the way, the Fox News website has seven mentions of the China balloon <laughs> okay, and it's it's been shot down for a couple of days. So that I guess is proof that the corporate press is um, 
is covering it, which I think is a data point we need to consider. But uh, also, by the way, their top story is Escape from New York. Remember that movie with uh, Kurt Russell, I think? Yeah. Escape from New York. Migrants reportedly fleeing Dem-run city for Canada as drugs and homelessness makes life unbearable. It's, Fox News is kind of a tabloid. Why? They've all become tabloids. Why but, would you uh, go to Canada at this point? Like Canada's really nice. But right now, their the government's out of control. Well, I think if you want like handouts, <clears throat> yeah, I guess maybe that's why they're leaving. They're leaving New York because. But is Toronto really that better off than New York? Well, it's just it's probably got the handouts, but not the drugs and the homelessness. I bet Toronto's got all kinds of drugs and homelessness. I maybe, saw a lot of problems, as much as New York. I saw a lot of problems in a big Canadian city in the nineties, and that was in yeah. the nineties before the world started to end <laughs> but do you remember from the inauguration you probably don't there was this is the biden inaug- yeah, the inauguration Bi- the biden inauguration there was an unknown chinese man that was right behind biden for like lots of it oh really almost looked like a handler and usually the people that are up close to the president in such situations people know who they are like oh well, that's such and such he was the sec under secretary of this and that under president clinton or that's that's uh do diddy do 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 well if such you and such of if the you such google such. if you google biden inauguration china man the top result is from vice.com which i'm sure is it's very accurate. Accurate. No, comma, Biden doesn't have a Chinese handler. <laughs> He's a secret service agent, blah, blah, blah. Um, sure, sure. A secret photo service show agent. show Biden with a secret service agent, not a Chinese handler. So his Chinese handler is in the secret service? That's what I, <laughs> that's what right. I take from that right. headline. You can still be in the secret service <laughs> and be a Chinese handler. The, the no imagination press. Right. We've seen movies with a better plot than this. You've seen Steven Seagal movies with Seagal plot with that. You know, there's a whole cottage industry on YouTube making fun of Steven Seagal movies. Oh, I'm sure there is. And they, I, I end up, I get sucked into that now and again, and it's hilarious and sad. And they just play the movie, right? Well, they, you can't play the whole movie because you'll get copyright strikes. Oh, but they'll play bits and pieces, and they'll talk over it and. And honestly, does anybody really need to watch an entire Steven Seagal movie? I'm trying to think of a Steven Seagal movie where I've watched the entire movie. I think there was one called Executive Decision with Kurt Russell. I've watched a Kurt Russell movie. Was that a Steven Seagal movie or was that a Kurt Russell movie that Steven Seagal was in? I think Steven Seagal died off fairly early on in it. Let me see if I can find if that is actually called executive decision. Because when we say Steven Seagal movies, we're talking about ones that he produces, writes, directs, stars. Right. The, he- the headliner here is Kurt Russell, Halle Berry, John Leguizamo. Yeah, those are all big stars. The John guy? Yeah, he had a good run. He was always he always plays like a villain. Oh, he's like a. Uh, ethnic, a cop. an ethnic villain. Yeah, he's, I think he's uh, Carlos La- the Lat- Rat Lopez. He's La- Latin American, Mexican, maybe. I don't know. I think he's still around. Steven Seagal is Lieutenant Colonel Austin Travis. <laughs> well, if you're bored today. So he's not the guy that you like to watch in the movies. If you're, if you're bored today, good listener, look up 
channels making fun of Steven Seagal movies on YouTube and and enjoy a, a 20 or 30 minute rant. It'll brighten your day on this otherwise cold, gloomy February day. Okay. Snowing black pills. <laughs> well, we... We've reached another, uh, we've passed a threshold here on the show. We, we've passed our second deadline for the Mind Virus Story Contest. And we still only have, uh, well, maybe I should just frame it differently. The winner <laughs> of our widely, wi- highly competitive contest is Pepe, one of our avid listeners. Way to go, Pepe. So we're going to read his, uh, I'll just read his story here. It's not too long. Thank you for giving us an entry to the story contest. We, um, otherwise, we wouldn't have anything to read here on the show. So, Pepe has given us more of a movie script. All okay. right, this is more of a, a, a conceptual movie script. It's got three acts, and the main actors are Ryan Reynolds and. Hugh Jackman and a man named Bobby Bruno, hmm, which I sounds... think is is an imaginary love child of a or of, of a love triangle, some sort of a sordid affair between two famous podcast hosts and hmm. and beautiful women. I'm sure sounds a little derivative. Yeah, it seems weird, but uh, he, he'll be known as BB throughout. Okay, okay. It starts this way. Act one. A cold, foggy evening at a chateau in rural Mexamericana. A man is talking on a satellite phone. This is Ryan, the Ryan Reynolds character. And he, he's trying to calm the other person on the other side of the phone. He mentions that it will be all right. He doesn't know a time frame. He, he, he's unable to give this person a time frame, to give them... Uh, to to tell them when they're going to meet this, uh, whether they're going to meet this deadline or get something done. And then there's a knock at the door. So he hangs up the phone and a package has arrived, but it's not for him. He yells upstairs. And at the end of the hallway, Hugh, Hugh, the Hugh character is finishing, uh, texturing a wall, doing a little home improvement. His clothes indicate that he's been working on it for a while. He picks up the package and argues with his colleague, about their deadline. They can't agree. In town, an old man looks through an outdated newspaper. He breezes past the missing persons page. The plot thickens. An unknown car pulls up. Wait, did he write the plot thickens or that's you inserting? No, that's me inserting. I'm I'm inserting a little bit. Okay. There's a little bit of editorial. I don't know if you're reading it the way Joe Biden reads his speeches. (laughs) Reading the the teleprompter line. Pause. Pause. I, I am I am giving a little editorial uh, pizzazz to this. Okay, okay. An unknown strange car pulls into town and drives around, and there is one person in the car. This is our BB character. The driver is not from around here, and he um, circumambulates the town, that's my word, making inquiries. In the local restaurant, a pretty woman is making food for two. She smiles as she puts the meals in a plastic or, you know, delivery bag. She tells the delivery boy boy to take it up to the chateau on the outskirts of town, and he rides away on a moped back at the chateau. 
Ryan is nervously smoking outside, and his colleague continues working on the walls, whistling along. End act one. All right. All right. It sounds like a Steven Seagal movie. (laughs) (laughs) There's usually chateaus and stuff. Yeah, this could be Steven Seagal. Chateaus, pretty girls, satellite phones. Pepe might have something to say about that. He He might be like a big fan of Steven Seagal. This might take one of our most loyal listeners and disenfranchise him with no with I, the, I think it's great the show oh, it's wonderful act two i meant that as a compliment act two well, the thing about steven seagal shows is that they were produced they are they exist there was money there was money changing hands yeah i think i think there was i don't know if they ever made any money but there was money exchanged the way that uh television syndication works you know it's possible they made money one thing you can say about Steven Seagal is he's been prolific. Prolific is a word made of two words, pro and lithic. Lip- I don't know what that really means lithic. right off. With an F. <laughs> lithic, okay. Pro- prolific. Prolific. Did I say lithic? Yeah, I think so. Because lithic would have to do with writing. Lithic. So that means he's a pro is what I'm saying. It means he, he does lots. It means lots. he's professional. <laughs> it means he does lots. <laughs> okay. Okay, Act continue two. on. Act, Act two. two. Hugh. Does Hugh. this have a title? Did he? Did no, there's no title. Okay. The title to the email is Mind Virus Story Entry. Can oh. we accept a story without a title? I guess we're going to have to. I reserve the right to give it a title when I hear the okay. end. Okay, you give it the title. It's probably going to be something like Steven in Mexicamericana. Steve does Mexicamericana. All right, no, no, Hugh no. is in town. At the local diner, we see him jovially chatting with the same woman that prepared and sent the meals earlier. She is very receptive to his words and smiles as they talk. Hugh leaves the diner and bumps into this stranger that has been inquiring about these missing persons. They don't seem to know each other. The stranger asks Hugh if he knows anything about these strange disappearances. Hugh calmly responds, He's unaware of any missing persons fitting the description given. I am unaware. They polite any of the disappearances. That's the, that was, that's the way it's uh, worded in the, in the screenplay. Okay. I'm sorry, sir. I am unaware. I'm I do sorry. not recall any but he's strange so missing persons like, fitting that description. Sorry, mate. Unaware of any of these strange disappearances. That's right. Let's do this. You come up with the... the we're we're doing sort of the the walkthrough, right? Okay. The the, the non um, spoken parts. You insert the spoken parts wherever you feel so inclined. Okay. All right. In fact, try come up with a few spoken parts here. They they politely part ways, and the stranger watches as Hugh walks away, unsure that his questions were answered truthfully. I am unsure if my Questions were answered truthfully. Don't you think this stranger ought to have a voice, more, more, more of a voice? Not like a Fauci voice, not like a mob voice, but more of a, like an a FBI Columbo? voice. Columbo voice, do Columbo voice. Oh, that's a tough one. I'd have to hear Columbo. <laughs> he had that raspy... Yeah, didn't he, was it the same as um, the one from The Princess Bride? Like, you're sick. Yeah. I'll humor you. Wasn't but that that's the, the Fauci voice. Wasn't that the actor? 
the same actor in yeah. Princess Bride. Yeah, I think it was Columbo. They just never yeah. said his name. This is called him Grandpa. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, what's the guy's name from? Um... Hmm, I'm unsure that my questions was answered correctly. Okay, that still sounds like sounds like Fauci. <laughs> it's the non raspy Fauci. What, what was the guy's name? Fred. Fred Savage was the Savage, young man in, in the Wonder it. Years. Yeah, yeah. Fred they, Savage. Do you know they remade the Wonder Years and made it? I don't know if it even survived. I think they kind of woke it up a little bit, but you can't remake classics like that. But that's all Hollywood has anymore: is remakes and redos. Yeah, they killed they killed off all the um, all the creative people, and now they just have money people that are using the copyright laws to just regurgitate the same stuff over and over again. They just get more woke every time they do it. So Peter Falk, Columbo. Mm. Yeah, the Peter Falk voice is too close to the... Um, what was Columbo's famous line? Like, like, oh, there's just one more question I have. <laughs> I don't know. I never watched it. So you, um, you need a voice. Okay, so you, if that's the Columbo voice, it's close to Fauci, but... Think of it as a good Fauci, not the not the bad Fauci. Right? I am unsure that my questions was answered correctly. Okay, good. Perfect. Hugh walks into the warehouse store. So this town in rural Mexamericana has a warehouse store. Let's say it's the orange one. He buys paint and brushes. He hops into an old pickup and drives away from town. It's 2 a.m. at the chateau. Ryan and Hugh are sound asleep, but strange noises wake them up abruptly. They grab a baseball bat and a crowbar, respectively, I'm going to add. Mate. <laughs> Ryan grabs the baseball bat and Hugh grabs the crowbar. Mate, get your bat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's dark outside. Okay, that was a little redundant, Pepe, because it's 2 a.m. They grab a flashlight and slowly head out towards the shed where all that noise is coming from. The door is cracked open. They slowly open the door and a coyote bursts out, running away from the shed in the chateau. Ryan and Hugh breathe a collective sigh of relief. As they head back into the house, Ryan notices wet paint on Hugh's shirt. I guess he must have leaned upon the wall that he was working upon. Was working on. Meanwhile, back hey, in, you got a little wet paint on your got shirt. Got a little paint there, on your shirt, you. there, buddy. Maybe you should take that shirt off. <laughs> I don't think this is a woke show, by oh. the way. <laughs> Pepe, Pepe would never do that. I, well, I, knowing Pepe, I'm surprised there's no, no, no development of the beautiful love interest, the pretty well, woman we're not, at the cafe. We're not done yet. <laughs> Oh, I've read it. Oh, okay. Well, spoilers. Spoiler alert. All well, right. then it's not going to cut the mustard for Steven Seagal. He always gets he always the has girl. a love interest. I yeah. could add it in. I could I could editorialize. She's usually it. like a third of his age. I'll edit. To, I'll fix this at the end. I'll fix this at the end. Okay. In town. Meanwhile, at in town, the stranger is at a motel, on the phone, giving an update to his boss. Nah, boss. I I haven't found nothing yet except the. Reluctant Australian man. Very frustrated that he hasn't gotten very far with his search. He requests more hands to help with the search. I gotta get more men. Get them down here, boss. Something's going on. Something ain't right. All right. They hang up the phone and the lights go off in his room. End act two. 
Act three, the finale. <laughs> okay. This could be totally a movie. You could see this on the on uh, Netflix. <laughs> they could make like a whole series out of this. Yeah. Like two seasons at yeah, least. At least. BB, Bobby Bruno, now shown with his crew in town, and they've brought dogs. So wait, we're just now meeting Bobby Bruno, right? Bobby Bruno's the guy that's been on the phone with his boss and the, the, the stranger that's been inquiring. Oh. BB. BB's the copper. Yeah, he's the copper. Okay. He's the investigator, the fox molder of this okay. investigation. Okay. Sorry if that was confusing. I got you now. It was probably my embellishments that caused that confusion, not um, okay, I, I, not, I'm, not I'm Pepe's here. story. I'm, I'm was, with you. I, I, I screwed that up. Okay. So Bobby Bruno's got his Bobby, men. Let's call him... His posse. Let's call him Bobby. Okay. I don't know if you can call him Bobby. Let's call him Bob Jr. I'm Bruno. Bruno? Bobby, Bobby. Bruno. Okay. He has his crew in town and they brought dogs. Their search has led them to a field close to the chateau mm-hmm. where Ryan and Hugh are operating. Ryan sees them coming towards the place. Hugh, uh, oblivious, in the house, continuing to work on that wall. The dogs are pressing hard towards the chateau. Bobby Bruno begins asking questions of Ryan, who is, has sauntered down the lane to see if he can deflect any attention. Hey, hey, you there. Is this your place? Ryan obviously does not like the inquiries. Voices become raised. Hey, you need to leave here. This is private property. That was a terrible Ryan Reynolds. How do you do Ryan Reynolds? He's like the most vanilla guy ever. He doesn't have He's an accent. He's got a higher voice. You need, to, you need to leave here. You need to leave here. The, okay. This is our chateau. Thank you. you. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye now. Voices were raised. The dogs are sniffing around their garden. They've they've passed the fence. They're tearing up the garden. Ryan hey, hey, warns I, them I, to get the. Those are my gu- petunias. <laughs> Ryan warns them to get the dogs out of the garden, or there will be a price to pay. There will be a price to pay. But the unflappable, the the unmoved Bobby Bruno simply lets the dogs do what they do. That's a price we are willing to pay. Okay. One of the dogs begins to dig in the garden. Ryan is fuming, and harsh words are exchanged. If you say any swear words, I'll just bleep them. Why? Bleep, I, I oughta. Bleep, 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 bleep. Okay. okay. Uh, Hugh's, Hugh has come out of the house and has now joined Ryan in the verbal exchange. Some Australian expl- expletives. Hey, what's going on down there, mates? I was just enjoying this Vegemite sandwich and heard... I heard a commotion. Commotion. Apologies to all the Aussies listening. (laughs) Another man has snuck into the house looking, searching, but he comes out and shakes his head quietly at Bobby Bruno, indicating that nothing has been found. A dog retrieves a bone, but a closer look reveals that it's simply the the bone of a deer, uh, the, the humerus of a deer. Ryan comments sarcastically about their canine Lassie, Clifford, or Scooby-Doo and his skills at finding bones. Bobby Bruno gets a call on his cell phone. A few miles away, his other crew has found some human remains down the road. Bobby doesn't apologize. He just yells at the men, wrap it up! Or no, Bobby Bruno. Wrap it up! 
let's get out of here, and walks away. Ryan and Hugh, somewhat flummoxed at the state of their garden, walk back into the chateau. Two miles down the road, the dogs, digging, find not one, but two, not one, not two, but several shallow graves. Several. It's a mass grave. Bobby does not like the outcome. I don't like this. <laughs> the law enforcement will be asking too many questions. So he's obviously not law enforcement. Too many questions. It's not the kind of attention his boss wants to draw. BB directs his crew to leave, covering their tracks so that no one knows they were ever there. Bobby Bruno departs, having failed in his search and worries how he will tell his boss about his findings, or rather, the lack thereof. The next morning comes, Ryan and Hugh are shown outside the chateau, their car full of all their belongings. For the first time, we finally see that Ryan is happy and relaxed. Hugh, of course, nothing has changed. He's always been relaxed. Their job done at the chateau, they drive off at dawn. Later that evening, a crew arrives at the chateau. Looking around the house, they notice Hugh's work on the wall has been done poorly. They criticize Hugh's work and make sarcastic comments, calling him a blind Kevin O'Connor from that popular home improvement show on public television, This Old House. Is there a guy named Kevin O'Connor? That, is that Are we factually accurate there, Pepe? Well, I remember This Old House. I remember This Old House. I don't know if it was a, an O'Connor. I thought that guy's name was Bob... Vila. Bob Vila. Yeah. Anyway. We probably ought to look that up carry before on. the... Carry on. We, we just need to pause. Okay. This old house, it was uh, 1979. You remember this from the 80s if you watch public television. You've got the plumbing contract. Oh, Kevin O'Connor, the host. All right. What a memory. Well, who was Bob Vila? I don't know. Is he Tom Silva, Roger, Bob Vila was a host, one of okay. the hosts of right. This Old House, but well, Kevin O'Connor was Pepe's dated himself a little bit. Yeah, Pepe is ancient. I don't, also, I don't think deer have humorous bones. What do they have? I, I made that up. Oh, I think they just have legs. Fem- no, femur. A humor, okay, the humerus is in the arm. Yeah, so that would have funny been the, bone. That would have been the front leg Get of it? a deer. Funny bone, humorous. That's oh, yeah. why they of call it the funny, funny bone. Of course, it is funny. It's humorous. I mean, I I don't know if deer have humoruses or not. It would be the front leg. Yeah, equivalent of a humorous. Okay, that's what they found. That's think, what it's. That, you think when the deer gets hit there, it tingles like what you do? I think yeah, it probably makes them like ah. They don't really make noise. It's not funny. Well, to okay. hit your funny moment. Okay, so. here's the end of the story. <laughs> okay. Okay, so Kevin Hugh O'Connor, and Ryan are driving off. Kevin they're, they're O'Connor doesn't of, like the They're paint making job. fun of his, his work, Hugh's work on the house. Suddenly the wall falls over, revealing two bodies in body bags, decomposing. The crew pick up, picks up the bodies, throws them in the back of their car, and drives away. The wall having been properly fixed, leaving no traces of a bad job. At the diner in town, an old man holds a newspaper, and we see the headline, Search for the Two Missing Men continues. And that's the end of Pepe's story. But the end of my story is that um, 
Ryan is laying unconscious in a field. And we don't know what happened, but we see Hugh and the pretty woman from the diner driving off into the sunset. Pretty woman. Yeah. I have some questions about this story. Okay. Well, that's the story. That's our, that's right. our con- contest winner. Contest winner <laughs> story. Uh, now to be titled by Bobby Flood. Bobby Flood's going to give this a title and probably uh, tell us which actor should have actually been played by Steven Seagal. Yeah. So the title, <clears throat> the title uh, is going to be called Painted Evidence. Okay. Painted Evidence. All right. That sounds like a Steven Seagal movie. Yeah. It, but okay. By the way, Pepe retains the copyright. Yeah, he can have it. <laughs> <laughs> That's not very nice. Who was the crew that came? The Kevin O'Connor crew. Who who were they? Was it, that wasn't Bobby's crew, right? It just was another crew. No, that was a different crew. That was re- somebody related to 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 Hugh and Ryan. I want to know how Sicario made it into this. Have you seen Sicario? Uh, no. This is sort of the start of Sicario. Oh, maybe that's where he got it from. Yeah. Did you, were you watching Sicario, Pepe? You need to let us know if, because the bodies in the walls are the tip-off there. Well, all right. Thanks, Pep, Pepe. I, I mean, that, that was a good little short story. It was, we made it longer than it really was, actually. I, yeah. think, I think we should get some credit for lengthening that story. Well, we did add some dialogue. Yeah. But I, I, not enough to be able to take the copyright on that, <laughs> which is the important part if you're in Hollywood nowadays. You just need the copyright, and then yeah. you just redo the story over and over again. Yeah, if you can, the, you can just get the rights to something, and then you can do whatever you want to it, apparently. So... I just want you listeners to all know that Pepe, as the winner of our contest, will be actually receiving a Mind Virus t-shirt someday when I'm done procrastinating. He will be getting a, a one-off, one-of-a-kind Mind Virus original to proudly wear in any French locale that he desires or any Mexican or American locale, if he so desires, he will be able to wear this. This is relevant. And advertise for us. I I had this sent to me yesterday. Uh, You're looking uh, intently at your phone. It says, how to become a successful TV producer in 2023. Okay, pay attention, Pepe. Find an old successful show. Make everyone in it gay. (laughs) Collect $100 million from Netflix. I think that that's old. I, I don't think that would play these days. I think they, uh, <laughs> they're they going to need to uh, get off of the gay thing because that's old news. They're going to have to make everybody trans. Yeah, maybe. And, and have them have blue and purple hair or pink or hair non- or whatever. Or just non-binary or non non non. So they're not, they're not that... Maybe maybe we should be cutting edge. Maybe we should do something that's like untrans, something that gets past the trans. You know, who's is that where the kitty litters in schools comes from? Is they're trying to be even more? Yeah, you you're have not transgender. You're trans species. Cats. You're now dogs. you 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 don't. Oh look, we just had a baby entity 
when he's older, or we, uh, we can't even say he, when this entity is older, it will be able to choose its species. Yeah, we're kind of getting there. But you know who the next great TV producer is? No, I do not. AI. There is currently... Algorithm with internet? Right this very moment, a sitcom playing out on Twitch, which is a streaming service, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, called Nothing Forever. It is completely AI-generated. So the script and the animations are all AI-generated, and it is loosely based on Seinfeld. And it has a laugh track and some music, and it is bizarre and unsettling and weird, (laughs) and it is out there. Does it make any sense? Have you watched it? I did. I watched about a half hour of it. And, And no, it doesn't make a lot of sense it's like, but it's like, it's really close to Seinfeld. Like top, top result on Google, The Verge. Uh, this is from February 6th, 30 minutes ago. Nothing forever. The Seinfeld AI show has been temporarily banned from Twitch. Wow. I wonder why it got banned. Tef- technical difficulties. This is the subtext. Technical difficulties led to transphobic content accidentally getting oh, broadcast. Here we go. <laughs> So the AI was transphobic. Transphobia ruins everything from your favorite wizarding franchise to now your favorite AI show. Favorite, are they alluding that Harry Potter somehow got ruined by transphobia? No, that's referring to the new video game coming out this week called Hogwarts Legacy, which uh, is not transphobic, but but J.K. Rowling is transphobic, apparently, right, according to the mob. And so they're trying to black uh, blacklist and... and uh, you know, criticize this game. And you, so you have a lot of people saying, don't buy this game. It's harmful. Because she's transphobic. According to them. But she's because not, she's someone that speaks out for women's rights. Right. So trans, so let's remember, phobia is supposed to translate as fear. Right. And I, I think that I speak for most of the people that have been labeled as trans or homophobic or whatever, uh, let's say war phobic, uh, uh, vaccine phobic whatever mm-hmm. it's not i don't think it's a phobia i think it's an itis okay because you know if you have like tonsillitis or tendonitis mm-hmm. or whatever that means an irritation of all right, right. so i think i i think i speak for i probably even bobby here I, I don't ever claim to speak for bobby but it's an itis it's not a phobia here we're just i think we're irritated at some of the shenanigans the the brain mind mind rape shenanigans going on out there, and it's an itis. I would say that J.K. Rowling has a has an itis, not a phobia. Yeah, her. Uh, let me find you one tweet from her, if I can. It'll need to be. I'll I'll bleep it. I'll self bleep it. Okay, I'll just keep reading this Verge article, which I will link to, just because. Uh, maybe I will. Nothing Forever, the 24-7, 365 AI-generated Seinfeld spoof that has exploded in popularity on Twitch is going dark for two weeks as the channel has been hit with a suspension. <gasps> as reported by Vice, the suspension stems from Larry, not totally Jerry, making transphobic remarks in his stand-up routine, wondering aloud if trans people are mentally ill and are ruining the fabric of society. Okay. <laughs> by the way, uh, I guess that we had on... So who do you suspend? This is funny because a guest that we had on while you were uh, pilgrimaging, uh, my friend Dave, 
he did some articles on his website, liveredee.com. And what he did was he asked the chatbot about fifth generation warfare. Right. And it was almost uncanny how honest it was. And the, the, you know, fifth generation warfare is asymmetric, non, non battlefield type of warfare. It's economic, it's, uh, internet propaganda, biological, whatever. And so he's got like these two really long articles where he's just asking the chat about all these questions and it's giving him all this really accurate information about what might go on in a fifth generation war ending with the release of a biologically engineered agent and it it seems it almost d- uncannily describes the last two or three years yeah it's like right the chatbot just w- nailed it you know very interesting if you want so if you want to check that out i'll po- post a link to that on our website also i thought it was a pretty interesting reveal jk rowling recently was critical of a man a trans woman, okay, a man who is a woman now, claims to be. When, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So that's what they, that's their language. You've got to stop using their language. Right. So this is a man who says he's a woman. A man who says he's a woman okay. who was arrested. Well, there was a man. He was a man, okay? And he was convicted of, or arrested, convicted of rape, okay? A violent crime. And during all of this, he transitioned, and so the government put him into a women's prison. Where he raped the women? I don't know if he has yet. I think this is ongoing, but she was critical of that and then got a bunch of, like, this is ongoing with her, right? So the, She's the fully man, embraced while the guy said this he, hill. Before, <laughs> the guy, before the guy said he was a man, he raped women. While he was a man. Well, he's always been a man. Right, but while he was... Saying he was a man. Right. Then he gets thrown in jail and says he's a woman, so they put him in a women's prison. Right. She was critical of that, among other things. That seems like a highly uh, calculated plot to get into a, a, a situation where you have a lot more targets well, that, there's are, a, there, that are a lot it, less... It, it, and there have been tr- these men pretending to be women who have gone to women's prisons and then impregnated people there a lot more willing participants for their escapades i don't know if they're willing or not if you're a man but if you're stuck in prison overpower your cellmates or whatever because you're physically stronger than them i mean there's all kinds of possibilities (laughs) and it's probably uh uh, it's probably he's probably treated better too overall you know your cellmates aren't other violent men What's that Shania Twain song? Man, I feel like a woman. But J.K. Rowling said last week on Twitter, deeply amused by those telling me I've lost their admiration due to the disrespect I show violent, duplicitous rapists. I shall file your lost admiration carefully in the box where I keep my missing bleep. (laughs) She's, um, she's, uh, not putting up with this crap anymore. But anyway, Hogwarts Legacy, a video game coming out on PC, console, you know, uh, PlayStation, etc., et is topping all the charts for pre-orders. The early reviews are very good. So the, the attempt to cancel it is just backfiring, backfiring spectacularly. And it does look like a fun game. I will probably buy it. Just probably because J.K. Rowling is involved, right? I'll probably buy it six or seven times just to make 
a point. I hope it's cheap. It's not. It's, oh, it's a AAA title. I think it costs 60 or $70. Well, tell us, how. what are you doing for uh, work these days? Um, how's, how's the enterprise? To- I'm a grievance uh, grifter. I'm, I'm trying to get Hogwarts Legacy canceled on Twitch. That pays pretty well. I put on a purple wig, sometimes pink, some lipstick. So that's how we make money in this day and age. Being a grievance grifter is definitely a line of work. A professional, uh, it's kind of like in the old days when they would well, it's pull for in. for sure a full-time job. They would pull in the, uh, the professional mourners, right? Mm-hmm. That's like, now that's just the YouTubers and the Twitch streamers. They're just, a lot of them are just professionally offended. You know, they go around and get paid and they go around to different protests. Mm. Like Greta and her little crew. Climate grievance right. grifters. Right. <clears throat> That's not what I do. She's definitely being paid. Well, this is interesting discussion. Um, what are we going to talk about today? Well, we've... Um, we've uh, you, you know, it's interesting that you bring up fifth generation. And I hadn't listened to the whole episode with that guest. I need to finish that one because I was, I was interested in that topic and enjoying the conversation. But this fifth generation warfare is is alive and well. You're seeing it every minute of every day. Like, it's everywhere. And it's in entertainment. It's in our institutions. He titles this article, My Interview with the Vampire, the Chatbot and 5GW. Fifth, that, the title really should read Fifth Generation Warfare if you want to get your search engine marketing more uh, targeted. He asked the question, what is Fifth Generation Warfare? <laughs> And it goes on and on and on. And um, he says, define the different generations of warfare. <laughs> it's, it's uncannily accurate. This, can, can a state actor use fifth generation tactics against its own populace? Yes, a state actor can use fifth generation tactics against its own populace. The concept of fifth generation warfare is not limited to the use of military force against foreign adversaries, but can also be used by state actors against their own citizens. In such cases, 5G tactics may include the manipulation of information and the media, use of covert operations, the employment of unconventional forces such as paramilitary units or contractors to maintain control and suppress dissent. It's worth noting, however, that the use of these tactics against one's own populace can have serious consequences, both domestically and internationally. It can undermine public trust in the government, create social and political instability, and damage the state's reputation with other nations. This is all the AI. This is the AI talking about the United States of America the last several years. Do you remember that video? That we- oh, is it, he, The next question is, are there any examples of states using, using these tactics against their own citizens? Go ahead. Sorry. Do you remember yeah. the video? The one that with the army recruiting video, yeah. or the, the army that I, I uh, thought was fake the first time I watched it, like a parody. Yeah, and it it was talking about how they do this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was bragging about it. Yeah, yeah. It was like taking credit. So what does it answer when it says, "Are there any states doing this against their own citizens?" Yes, there are examples of states using fifth-generation tactics against their own citizens. The use of such tactics is not limited to any particular region or political system, and has occurred in both authoritarian and democratic regimes. Listen, I mean, the truth coming out of this is amazing. Yeah, for instance, they'll have to edit the algorithm. <laughs> for instance, in recent years, the Chinese government has used a wide range of fifth-generation warfare tactics against its own citizens, including the use of advanced surveillance technologies 
censorship, and manipulation of online information, and the deployment of paramilitary units to suppress dissent. Similarly, the Russian government has used information operations and covert actions to undermine the political opposition and manipulate the public. In other countries, such as Iran and Syria, the government has used unconventional military units and paramilitary forces to suppress opposition and maintain control over these restive regions. In some cases, state actors have also employed psychological operations and information manipulation to create an atmosphere of fear and mistrust and to shape public opinion in a way that is favorable to the government. It's worth noting that the use of fifth-generation warfare tactics against one's own citizens is often seen as a violation of human rights and democratic norms and can result in significant domestic and international consequences for the state. So so well, the chatbot here I'm just glad that's never happened here. Yeah, at see home the, the, the chatbot kind of omitted the United States of America, but it did mention it can happen in democratic regimes. Yeah, he means goes like on to the talk, Democratic Republic of or the Democratic People's Republic of Congo or something. Yeah, yeah, that's what he means. That's what he meant. We've given him a he by the way. What the chatbot? Yeah. Did we just misgender the chatbot? I don't know, but I, I just—is it phobic? Did you just did you just engage in phobia? But I, did I you mentioned in a, in an, un, I, an unauthorized phobic phobic announcement. I mentioned to some friends that nothing forever got canceled for being transphobic, and one of them linked back the the the, the offending joke. Oh yeah, so have, what's we'll, the offending joke? Well, should we play it? Okay, sure. Why not? Live on the air. Now, on Twitch, are you saying that they've they've mapped the AI to a speech engine here? It's a show, like it's an animated is somebody cartoon. Reading it? Is no, somebody, so is, a, is AI, a computer vo- a computer voice is yeah, reading it? Yeah. Okay. Here, let me. Uh, are these guys making any money? It's a pretty good idea. Being first to market in in the internet age means you get like a billion dollars, doesn't it? Uh, there's no. This is this spontaneously combusted. This is. This is the the AI doing. Who the, did it? The AI is getting the check. Is anybody taking credit for it? I don't know. I haven't done a ton of homework on it, but this is only twenty seven second clip. So let's let's play it and okay. uh, we'll see if we get canceled. I'm thinking about doing a bit about how being transgender is actually a mental illness, or how all liberals are secretly gay and want to impose their will on everyone. <laughs> Or something about how transgender people are ruining the fabric of society. But no one is laughing, so I'm going to stop. Thanks for coming out tonight. See you next time. Where'd everybody go? <laughs> so the chatbot's <laughs> being funny? <laughs> <laughs> so here's the, the way this is set up, right? It's, it's like Seinfeld. You know, the show Seinfeld usually has... At the beginning of the show, has him doing a bit, right? And at the end, right? They they yeah. show him doing stand up. So they do the same thing in this, and the jokes are usually just ridiculous, right? Okay. Some of the times they don't even have a punchline. <laughs> okay, like hey, knock knock, and then the show just starts. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so they're asking the chatbot, write a write a knock knock joke, write a joke. My or understanding just, of this is that it's sort of like self perpetuating now. So they have an algorithm just putting the same the same prompt into the chatbot. I have no idea. I don't, I don't, I the, think, I don't think it's the same like chat GPT that we've used where you prompt it. I think this is like self-sustaining. Somebody, it's, it's, it's animated in real time. Somebody's used open AI to, 
or some other software. Op- there's a lot more than just open AI. They trained so, it on Seinfeld. And it's, it's bizarre. See, that's the problem with AI is your, is your thing sending back uh, results. It, it, has it curated its knowledge from a broad set of information or just the woke version of the internet in 2022? Or was it all curated from Seinfeld? Because if that's where it's getting its information (laughs) and you're making stock picks based on what it's telling you. Yeah, well, this is, I don't know, this might have been something that was created just for that. I don't know. I need to do a little more reading on it. But people have been showing examples of how ChatGPT, the one that we've messed around with here on this show, being very uh, woke. For example, someone someone uh, said, Chat, can you tell me things that white people need to improve on? And it gave a whole list about white people checking privilege and you know being anti-racist and all that. And then he did the same thing. Can you show me a list of things black people need to improve on? It said, no, that would be inappropriate to suggest that an entire race need to improve on something. <laughs> now, I'm... I'm willing to 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 uh, you know I'm open to the possibility that it might all been just staged, right? You could a lot of this stuff. Someone shared with me a, a poem about transgenderism from the chat, and it sounded like somebody actually just so they're wrote deep that. they're deep faking the chat bot, perhaps, right? It would be easy enough to do. So, and I, what's becoming clear here though is that does it if you put in the same prompt it doesn't produce the same result right it's going to produce a different result every time uh i don't know that I would don't. be an interesting test but it's getting harder and harder to tell what's real there's a i saw another uh ai generated thing uh, where <laughs> the ai generated a story that a well-known twitch streamer might tell and it emulated it emulated his voice. So it wasn't just the computer voice like you just heard. It was this Twitch streamer's voice, and it was really good. And the story was something that was really believable, and it had voice inflection, and and it used profanity that this guy uses. It was really it was, and and the guy listening was like, "Wow, that's." I just want to take this. Okay, stop right there. I just want to take this. Uh, this may be the one and only time you hear this, but I want to take this opportunity to warn all of our, our, our myriad of listeners out there, our, you know, just the gazillions of people that are listening to this podcast. Be aware that in the future, you may be presented with uh, a deep fake of uh, Jordan Bruno and Bobby Flood. And I want you to just be right now on your toes. In fact, the thought occurs to me, this could actually be a deep fake episode <laughs> where this may not be real. <laughs> the story that you heard could be an imposter story by a, an imposter Pepe Le Pew trying to win AI, the illustrious mind virus AI, story contest. AI might have written that story. No, uh, this could be like a carefully crafted. Yeah, okay, you're right. It could be AI, but the whole thing could be carefully could crafted be. to deceive you. Are you telling me from that the truth? Everything that we see and perceive and and knock on wood and eat could just be no only, lines of code. No, only only what our listeners are hearing, we not what you and I. Not you and I are in the actual reality, but our listeners okay. might be in a false reality. <clears throat> they might be the ones. Here's a premise for you, a you, movie. Uh, okay, go ahead. 
everything that we see. That's why I have my computer screen in front of me so I can see the falling green lines. Everything. Oh, that would be a good. Green colors. Like like instead of going horizontal, it goes down vertically. Yeah. Yeah. Like humanity is actually just trapped in pods and they're fueling this generator that creates okay, hold on a second. reality. Back up. Back up. You, you kind of started two different stories there. There yeah. was one with a false reality, but then there was well, one where people rea- were stuck th- in this pods. This reality that we live in is actually a simulation. Like it's just code. And the real physical flesh and bone humans are in pods and they're plugged into some, and somehow we'll have to flesh this out. How would they be out. plugged in? Get it? Flesh it out. I don't know. We'll, oh. have to, we'll have to flesh out the details. Oh, okay. I'm just spitballing here. But okay. They power this, this machine or this generator that creates this reality. And, Seems implausible that and, the people and, would be powering. I mean, how are they eating? I don't know. They can just be fed something. Through what? A tube. Like a tube, or down maybe their, they're in a like liquid, a tube down like their a, throat, or something. They could be in a in a or in like a, an IV tube. They could be in a liquid gel thing. That what color? I don't know, green or yellow or clear, pink. pink? I don't know, kind of an any color pink? you like. Okay. Anyway, it could be like this series of matrices that. What do you mean by a matrix? I don't know. It's matrix. just a cool word. It's a cool word. It's okay. a cool word. And in that, if you could somehow like break it you could manipulate time and space like okay, you so could what slow you're saying, time down you could dodge bullets what, what you're you saying could, is you're not in the real reality where you're dodging bullets because you're stuck in a pod yeah the so real you're talking you, about the the you're so all these people are asleep yeah they're and they're asleep. experiencing reality in their head yeah and it's not actually the real reality i like where you're going with this is that what you're saying yeah kind of like but if somebody can, so if somebody figures that out, they can bend the rules of the false reality. It's like a, it's like, it's if, if Avatar and Free Guy had like a violent baby. That's what I'm thinking. In, an, in, a, play, in, a, in a marriage arranged by Plato himself. <laughs> anyway, we get the copyrights, dibs. Dibs on the copyright. Well, I guess you made it up. I'll take 40, 60, 40. You take 60. Well, why don't you just take 40? I'll take 60. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. But, but I also reserve the right to 20 years from now, when this is a huge hit, we reserve the right to change our gender. If it would get us, uh, if it would help our careers. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> this is weird. Well, <laughs> there's too many inside jokes in this. But I think well, I would guess. That okay, 90, right. I would I'll, guess that 95 percent of our listeners will get that one. Yeah, well, the, you should get it. Like, because if you haven't picked up on what we're putting down, we're talking about the Matrix, a hit tele, a hit movie series whose creators changed their gender. Yeah, I'm not sure everybody knows that the Wachowski brothers are now the Wachowski sisters. They don't exist. Sisters. You just misgendered them. You just They're, don't you dead name them. Dead name? Yeah, don't you dead name them. That's a new word. For we'll me. get canceled for sure. What's is what is define dead name? Dead naming is if I. So you remember the actress Ellen Page, right? That was her name, I believe. Ellen Page. Let me look that up. She's now Elliot Page and is a man. I'm well, on IMDb already. Ellen. She's a woman who cut her breasts off. Page. And goes by Elliot Page now. Ellen Page. The best of Ellen Page, 2010. 
Okay, so if I met her, or even just doing this probably, uh, and, and called her Ellen, that would be dead naming because she's El- Elliot now. And Elliot de- Page, yes. Yeah, so that's now... Um, and dead naming is, is... Oh, she was in Inception. Dead naming someone is almost like killing them. So it's to call her Ellen Page is just as bad as killing her? Yeah, you probably should go to prison for saying that. So in Inception... And probably your whole posterity for the next generation or 10 should go. Okay, so IMDb has dead named her because it says, top cast, Leonardo DiCaprio, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Elliot Elliot Page, it says Ariadne, and then she is, it says Ariadne as Ellen Page. Yeah, so that's that's the dilemma that that all this... she's been dead named? That's the dilemma that all this creates, right? Because she was in those movies as a she... (laughs) As Ellen Page. She's a very beautiful young lady. Do you go back do you go back in time and, and edit those movies? No, they just dead name you or something. Now it's a it's a it's a pre humus, so a pre death dead naming. It's before they, they, it's an advanced dead it's just we need the Ministry of Truth. We need Winston. We're going to need someone to come change history because none of this is making any sense. Well, yeah. Yeah. And well, history is being changed and all, so is the present and, and so is the future. Control the past, you control the present. Control the present, you control the future. Here she, yeah, she's, so I'm just watching the trailer here. So she's a beautiful young lady. But she always kind of had the, she always played a character I mean, that was kind of always perpetually annoyed. In t- 2010. She was in, um, she, of course. she was in that movie with uh, the, the. Tom Hardy's in this. She was in that uh, Juno. She was in Juno. Cillian Murphy is in the, he's, he's a good actor. Opposite Juno. of uh, the funny kid. I can't remember his name now. He was in Arrested Development. I don't know who you're talking about. But Juno was kind of a, a, a big breakout hit, I think, for both of those actors. Juno, 2007. Uh, Elliot Page, it says, but this is Juno McGaff as Ellen Page. And then um, Jennifer Gardner's in it. Jason Bateman. Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah, that's who I'm talking about. He's not in Inception, though. No, not not every actor that's in a movie with another actor is in all of the same movies together. That's weird. They don't. It's not like teams. That's um, that's less uh, organized than I want it to be. I want it to be easier to find everybody. Well, it, there is a lot IMDb. of that though. A lot of actors will work with the same directors, like uh, Tim Burton. I think all of his movies have Johnny Depp in them, and Helen Bonham Carter, the female version of Johnny Depp. Also known as Bellatrix Lestrange. Yeah, yeah, she was, she was, and also most of Tim Burton's movies are scored by Danny Elfman. So you Danny Elfman do, is not actually an elf, but well, I don't know close. if he is or not. Call me Elf, one more time. <laughs> You're an angry elf. <laughs> Danny Elfman was also uh, in um, a band. What was their band called? Do you remember? Danny Elfman's in a band. Yeah, they. I don't know if they still are, but uh, now I got to look this up. The band uh, was he in Oingo Boingo? Yes, that's it. Wow. Yes. 
Oingo Boingo, Wikipedia. It is a dead man's party. So past members, Danny Elfman, there he is on the list of past members. Dimitri out there is going to say that we all should have known that right off the bat. He's a big music history buff for a certain for a certain type and period of music, which he yeah. will will define for us in the comments. I was going to say something, some something like, oh, a certain type, like overrated, annoying 80s bands. <laughs> <laughs> but then I was just, it's just a joke. It's just a joke, just Dimitri. A joke, Dimitri. Don't send the Russian mob after us. <laughs> or any mob, for that matter. Well, especially not the Russian mob. Those guys know how to get business done. Over here, you get the woke... Puerto Ricans from Seinfeld. Was you talking to me? Was you talking to me? <clears throat> well, I think that if the chat version, the AI version of Seinfeld is transphobic, we should probably also cancel the real version of Seinfeld. Not that there's anything wrong with canceling the real version of Seinfeld. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, I know. See, once you say that, then it's all over. Right. Well, the fifth generation war is uh, alive and well. And speaking of more traditional warfare, I saw some numbers that came out of Turkey, ironically, I guess, because Turkey is experiencing a big, giant disaster with earthquakes right now. Yeah. Something like 150,000 Ukrainian soldiers have been killed in this Ukrainian-Russian war, which seems like an incredibly high number for what's going on over there or what we are told is going on over there. No, it's, it's going very badly for the Ukrainians, apparently. I mean, that's a lot of people. They admitted to that, right? Because they weren't, they weren't willing. They were only willing to say they were winning the war up until recently. 150,000 people. I mean, how, many, how big is their military? It can't be that big. Well, um, other countries have this thing called compulsory military service. Yeah, sure. So the, but the size of the military is sort of ambiguous. It, well, and I guess when you throw a, a gun in the hands of a 14-year-old and tell him to run out into the streets, firing the weapon, they be, that, become, that person becomes a soldier. But still, that's a lot of people. Oh, yeah. 43 million people, supposedly, 44 million people live in Ukraine-ish, by the way. All right. So that's bigger than, like, California is about 40 million people. Yeah. So if you've ever been to California, then you've been to Ukraine. Well, I mean, don't take that in literally. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we can't make those kinds of kinds of comparisons. But uh, California is a lot bigger geographically, isn't it? Mm, I don't know. Or is it just that California is all stretched out like a banana? But maybe the square mileage is similar, or I don't know. Ukraine's a whole country. California is just a state. California is about. 400,000 square kilometers. Ukraine is 600,000 square kilometers. Okay, so Ukraine's a, a, a bit bigger. According to mylifeelsewhere.com. Well, that's probably true then. because It's on the internet. Oh, I found a picture of California overlaid on Ukraine. Okay. 
or no, it's actually Ukraine overlaid on California. Oh, that Excuse makes all me. the difference. That's more important. Yeah. Overlaid over Texas, it's not quite as big as Texas. <clears throat> well, speaking of California, the Grammys were last night. I know you watched. I know you've been uh, dying to talk about this or to dead name the Grammys or whatever. Not really. I didn't know the Have Grammys. Have the Grammys changed to the Grampies? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Can you can you even say Grammys anymore? That's that's sort of like, you know, grandma, grandpa. That's like a gender yeah. gender sort of a thing. So let's, it uh, sounds like, did they change to the Grampies? Is that what happened? No, you couldn't change it to the male counterpart. Oh, that it has would to be change misogynistic. To, to something. I think they're going to start calling them. The so if you're a man, is that, but, but Elliot Page changed from a woman to a man. When is it appropriate to go for Yeah, well, I, I actually have a like... problem with with Elliot Page because the woman version changed, who I think was lesbian, changed to a man. And I don't know if that means... Well, I think from, all, from what I can tell is she usurped my privilege as a straight white male. Now, she so went... So it's... it's straight while straight white male appropriation is yeah she appropriated my privilege and i'm literally shaking so she did violence to you yeah yeah she should be canceled but i think (laughs) bobby sticks and stones man i think they're changing the name of the grammys to the gimmies oh okay yeah but yeah i guess they were last night i like the grampies better but go ahead i didn't know they were last night i i don't uh I don't really follow the award season, but this morning Twitter is there an award season. Yeah, yeah. Is, all it, the, does it come right after stroke season? I mean, <laughs> it seriously. does. It actually does. It does come it after does. stroke season. It does. Okay. Which I think we're still in the midst of. No, you can't. You've got to have the one after the other. You can't have the seasons overlap. But this morning Twitter was aflame with clips from the gimmies, the Grampies, of an artist who I guess is a non-binary something or other performing as Satan with fire burning behind him and naked women worshiping at his feet and also performing with him was somebody that is a the first ever transgender Grammy winner who was, I guess, uh, 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 grew up, was born a boy, and as a teenager <laughs> was turned into a girl. So don't let them tell you they're not performing these surgeries on kids. But uh, I'm looking for the pictures of this because you said something about naked women, but uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm looking for the pictures. I can't find it. Was a guy named Sam Smith and Kim Petras? Yes, I believe so. By the way, this is the first I've heard of either of these people, but I'm an old white cisgendered curmudgeon don't use their words or something that you're letting them confound the language <laughs> the, by the way there is an episode in the book of mormon where the same thing happened it was I the st- jaredites i still don't know what cis means but anyway yeah go on the 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 jaredites performed a sam smith song <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez is that before or after they were sacrificing the humans off of the top of the pyramids, like Apocalypto? <laughs> the song was called Unholy, by the way. So they're very blatant, and obviously they do this to get a rise out of people and 
it worked. People are viewing the performance. Okay, so there's this Ether Chapter 1. Moroni proceeds to give an account of the inhabitants who were destroyed by the hand of the Lord upon the face of the North Country. Okay? That should... It's ominous, right? He's gonna take, he says, I'm going to take my account from the 24 plates which, are conf- which were found by the people of Limhi. It's called the Book of Ether. And he says, the first part of this record speaks about the creation of the world, Adam, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not going to give you a full account of that because you've already got parts of that somewhere else. He says, anyway, um, here's the record of Ether. He was a descendant of Coriantor. And Coriantor was the son of Moron, who was the son of Etham, who was the son of Aha, who was the son of Seth, of Shiblon, of Kam, Coriantum, Amigadah, son of Aaron, of Heth, of Hertham, of Lib, of Kish, of Coram, of Levi, of Kim, of Morianton, of Riplakish, Shez, Heth, Kam, Coriantum, or Emer, Amr, Shul, Kib, Oriha, who it, was the son of Jared. So now we come to the first guy. I'm surprised we don't get more uh, Jaredite names in our culture today. Like these are my kids, Moron, Aha, and Riplakash. <laughs> you get a few Nephi's. That shiz over there. <laughs> yeah, but Nephi's not a Jaredite name. No, you get a few of those in the Mormon culture. Well, we have a town in Utah called Nephi. Yeah. yeah. Moroni. Anyway, here's the operative okay. part of Ether chapter so you've one. Got, you've it got says, the genealogy to Jared. So it goes back. Which is a, so it's tra- a, a pretty normal name. Where, how did they get from Jared to Aha to Riplakash? I think Joseph Smith just threw that in. <laughs> so <laughs> he ran out of ideas. Um, what, what happened was that he just gave you the, the genealogy from the guy who wrote the book. So Ether, right? All the way back to his predecessor, Jared. Mm-hmm who came forth with his brother, and by the way, that's foreshadowing something important there. The brother of Jared was very important in this story. Brother of Jared is yeah. and the their main families. character. And, 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 so they came forth with, with Jared and his brother and their families and some other families. <laughs> it's like, it's kind of like uh, Pepe's story. Just throw in some stuff here. At the time, the Lord confounded the language of the people and swore in his wrath that they should be scattered upon all the face of the earth. And the brother of Jared, being a large and mighty man, and a man highly favored of the Lord, Jared, his brother, said unto him, Cry unto the Lord that he will not confound us, that we may not understand, <laughs> that we may not understand our words. Isn't that interesting? You just said you didn't know what the words meant. Well, y- yeah. We're living through a, a different kind of confounding, but... No, no, no. I think this uh, might be the same confounding. A lot of people in... Well, it's my opinion. Okay, Bobby Flood. A lot, of, a lot of people in Mormon circles have grown up saying, well, this is when God invented Language, Spanish and, right. and uh, Portuguese and Turkish. And, oh, and then the Cyrillic alphabet, that was a weird one. He threw him a real curveball there. <laughs> and then there was the Chinese and the Japanese, you know, and, right. and that's what you get taught in junior primary. It says that they didn't want the language to be confounded. Right. It says language singular. So he says, pray to the Lord says to his brother who was highly favored of the Lord. So this is this is like, hey, God likes you a lot. Go ask him. Plead with him that he won't cause us to be confounded the way all this other confundation is going on around us. So that we will not be confounded 
in a way that we won't understand our own words. And it came to pass that the I'm not I'm not making a very big departure from the actual text there, but that, mm-hmm. you got to you got to try to look at this in the way that it's written. Came to pass that the brother of Jared did cry unto the Lord, and the Lord had compassion on Jared. Therefore, he did not confound the language of Jared, and Jared and his brother were not confounded. Right, and they were able to then keep a record. They escaped. They left. Right. <clears throat> they left uh, in fa- the same fashion the very as next, the Mulekites. See, the very next verse is something like this. <clears throat> Jared, they weren't confounded, so Jared says, Hey, cry out unto the Lord again. Maybe he will turn away his anger from them who are our friends and not confound their language. And so the brother of Jared did that, and the Lord had compassion on their friends and their families, and they were not confounded. And then it came to pass that Jared spoke to his brother again. I mean, he's, this, Jared's like, hey, you're getting somewhere you're, with the guy you're upstairs. Getting somewhere. This I is see working. how this works. Um, please ask the Lord again. Go and inquire and see if he, will, if he will not drive us out of the land. And if he will drive us out of the land, ask him, cry unto him, where shall we go? And who knows but that the Lord will carry us forth into a land which is choice above all the earth. Now remember that their worldview was that the, that the places where they were living were being confounded. Right. And if it so be, let us be faithful to the Lord that we may receive that land for our inheritance. And so the brother Jared cried unto the Lord. I mean, he's so far he's been successful. It came to pass that the Lord heard the prayer of the brother of Jared and had compassion upon him and said, Go. Gather your flocks, <laughs> both male and female. <laughs> wow. And also the seed of every kind. It sounds a lot like the Noah story, too. Anyway, both male and female of every kind, and also the seed of the earth, and get your families, and also Jared, your brother. Don't forget him and his family, and your friends and their families. And when you've done all this, you go at the head of them down into the valley, which is northward, and there I will meet thee, and I will go before thee into a land which is choice above all the lands of the earth. And that's how the story begins of the Jaredites. Right. It's eerily analogous. Yeah, so <clears throat> I, have, I have a question. <clears throat> but before that, I, I want to wrap this up. This, 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 this. Sorry, this no, is no. a tangent. No, no, I want to wrap up the, the, the section here on, on this. Sam, what was his name? Smith? Brink, Bankman Fried? <laughs> Bank? Yeah, whatever happened to him? Bank, Bankman Freed? I don't, They're I don't going to free him? So... <clears throat> this performance, right? You got You can look up. You can look. Oh, up you the, want the guy with the naked women? You can look up the. By videos. the way, that's going to be the T-shirt suggestion or the quote suggestion by I play the radio. And I, I am I'll sure. show Jordan here some of the, this. This is a, a. Okay, hand it over. But when they're done with their satanic ritual, okay. <laughs> oh, sponsored by Pfizer. Brought to you Brought by, to you by Pfizer. Pfizer. <laughs> Like it's just you couldn't make this you can't make this stuff up. Oh, there they are shaking it. Let's have a satanic. Oh, now they're touching the guy everywhere. Let's have a satanic ritual where they're wearing clothes. Scantily clad women are oh, literally the scantily clad worshiping at the feet of someone dressed as Satan. Brought it's to you by it's all Pfizer. red. Yeah, it's all red light and fire. Brought to you by <clears throat> Pfizer and brought to you by Pfizer. The the simulation is broken. It's like the 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 Seinfeld AI. It it broke, apparently, because that's the only reason that 
transgenderism would be considered a mental illness is if the if algorithm right. was broken. But the simulation that we're living in is is broken. The fifth generation warfare is out of control, and it's it's everywhere. It's literally everywhere. Well, we we've talked a lot about. <clears throat> I think you're right. We've talked a lot about war. I think it would be good to take a quick tangent and tell you what the chatbot said about the generations of warfare. Okay. Because this is good for this is good for context for the for the listeners and for us. But we are caught in a war. That's the point. Like if somebody wants you to if somebody wants to confound your language, they want to destroy you. That's that's the whole point. That that people was destroyed off the face of the land, right? The Jaredites were because they became wicked and the people that they left were destroyed. And when it says they were destroyed, it doesn't mean that they were killed down to every last man. It means everything about their society changed to the point where it was unrecognizable and they had no consistent um, passing along of the knowledge that they had. When you lose the knowledge of who you are, you become someone else. Well, that's and one so, of the main reasons Nephi went back over and over for the plates. Right. And, to and, preserve and, language. And this is why I've spent so much time talking about counterfeits on the program, hearkening you back to the to the counter to the cosmology episode ninety two. If you if you feel so inclined to listen to that, the point is that there is one side of this war that wants you to think they're the legitimate ruler, that they're the legitimate god. And so, if they can con- convince you that you're children of them instead of children of the other god, if they can convince you that you are something different. So that's what society being destroyed literally means. It's not it's not that the society was completely eradicated. And keep in mind it's like it's changed. That idea is infiltrating everything including the LDS culture. I encountered a again Twitter, take it for what it's worth, but a person who was teaching in sacrament meeting. I don't know this person personally. She tweeted all of this. This was in your ward? No, no. Oh, okay. No, just a random person I stumbled across on Twitter was bragging about their sacrament talk and how she was, she gave the whole talk quoting only women and not referring to anybody as, as a son or daughter uh, and just as generic children or people. They, them? And I it? thought that's, that's and, and I couldn't help myself, but I replied with a few scriptures where Jesus says, you are my sons and daughters. You know, those Mm -hmm. are specific words that mean specific things. This is, again, another confounding of the language. And this is infiltrating everything. This counterfeit, this inversion is infiltrating everything, not just, and and they're using gender, you know, gender as Mm -hmm. a, as a, as a Trojan horse for this stuff. And and war is, uh, war is what everybody thinks of when they think of destruction, right? They think, oh, you're going to be uh, destroyed down to the last man like Shiz and Corianton, right? Mm-hmm. Harkening back to the Jaredites. Right. The, that is a reality that happens, but when the, that's, not, th- that's when the people are destroyed. But the society itself or the culture is destroyed when it's changed and it's, it's no longer recognizable as what it once was, right? And that has already happened to America. Oh, yeah. And it's, we're kind of in the tailspin phase yeah. phase of that and yeah. then what happens after a tailspin that we're you, caught in a flat spin he's caught in a flat spin eject eject <laughs> you can't pull out of a tailspin what happens to the plane 
We've seen this in it, the movies. We know it's, it's scientifically proven that if you get caught in Iceman's jet wash, you could go into a flat spin and you could end up out over the ocean and Goose could die. Yeah, he could. <clears throat> he won't, though. He's got plot armor. <clears throat> I beg to differ, <laughs> Spoilers. <Mr>. Flood. Spoilers. <laughs> okay. Here's, what, here's the different types of warfare. First generation warfare... So this is fairly accurate. Is this all from the AI? This is the AI spewing out uh, some fairly accurate information about... Because the, the generations of warfare are a little bit um, flexible here, depending on whether you're talking about planes, tanks, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, but this is a pretty good description. Because they'll, they'll, they'll say things like the F-22 is a fifth generation fighter or something like that. Right. So there's different generations right. of, of military equipment. Um. First-generation warfare is characterized by line and column tactics, massed infantry assaults, and reliance on firepower. So this is like the Civil War mm-hmm. type of stuff, Franco-Prussian War. Um, Second-generation warfare marked by the introduction of the machine gun and other technological advances, increasing firepower. So this is World War I, right? Yeah. Trenches, barbed wire to slow people down. So the Revolutionary War, first-generation warfare was essentially what humans have been doing to each other for a long time. You get in a big line and you run your people right at each other. Mass death casualties. You just, you win with numbers. Yeah. Or or superior tactics like the phalanx uh, tactics by the Greeks where they were able to have longer spears or whatever. But second generation warfare is marked by the machine gun. That's where it gets really messy. Right. Third generation warfare uh, it's a shift towards maneuvering and mo- mobility with an emphasis on indirect firepower. This is World War II, right? Remember Blitzkrieg, how mm-hmm. Hitler breaks through the lines and comes up and mops mops up uh, from behind or from the side. And uh, that's because his mechanized um, industrial army w- was, was, had superior mobility and superior firepower. Fourth generation warfare, this is a type of warfare characterized by a blurring of the lines between war, politics, combatants and non-combatants, and conventional and unconventional forces. It's typified by guerrilla warfare, insurgency terrorism, exemplified by the Vietnam War, and it says the ongoing war in, on terror. I wonder if the chatbot knows that Joe Biden precipitously withdrew us from <laughs> Afghanistan and nobody talks about the war on terror anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's still... Unless it's, it's the war on domestic terrorists. It's still ongoing, but okay. yeah. Fifth generation warfare, this is a type of warfare characterized by the integration of technological advances, including AI and autonomous systems into the battlefield. It's expected to evolve the convergence of physical cyber and information operations and to challenge the conventional definitions of warfare and national security. And this is the type of war that Bobby and I have said we are already involved in for the last two years, three years, right? Since the inception of the podcast. I would say... Well, yeah, we've been saying we've that been for saying two, that, but we've been in years. it longer than that. I I think the real I think it predates nine eleven, but I think nine eleven was like the the shot heard around the world for this new type of warfare. I think you're right. I think that, you're totally that, right. That was the you know the the, the internet the, has made the the proliferation of uh, the internet and social media has made the application of fifth generation warfare very. Um, Real time. Right. YouTube, I've mentioned uh, like YouTube during the height of the COVID hysteria would have uh, pro-mask or pro-vaccine or anti-ivermectin like banners they would shove in there. 
with full of videos and influencers interviewing Dr. Fauci and all this pro pandemic stuff. Now they've got a big one, a big banner that says, can you spot the difference? Click here to learn more about misinformation and how it's... Who is this again? YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. Now it's mingled with truth. <laughs> it's like, I always close that out. I just you know hit the X. I don't want to see those, but it's always back there. Like, And it's shoved right into your you know, your algorithm of suggested videos. They mm -hmm. make it very obvious and clear that they want you to click on this because they know. They know what's true and what's not. They know what's mis and disinformation. They are my single source of truth. So now that J <clears throat> Jacinda Ardern has uh, retired, your single source of truth is YouTube? Well, she's still my single oh. source of truth. The truth comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Whose girlfriend is she really? <laughs> Klaus Schwab's. Okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the yeah that she uh, she didn't retire. She resigned in disgrace. Did you see the video of her announcing it? She looked terrified. She was like trembling. No, in shaky voice, like really emotional. Really, it might just be that she's just so malnourished. <laughs> she has trouble standing and speaking. Well, she's, does anyone know if she's still around or are they doing the whole uh, Damar Hamlin thing with her where they're just showing the, her from the side with a hood on? Who knows? Who knows? Maybe she said something wrong and she's been mar frog marched off to the gulag or to the firing squad. It's possible. As it's like Joe, when they, when they re retire the Russian generals because they're not effective. Yeah. As Joe Rogan would say, it's entirely possible. Does he say that a lot? Yeah, there's whole montages of him saying, it's entirely possible. Well, I think he's probably uh, been successful for his, in a lot of ways, for his open interview style. Like, okay, you want to say that on my show? You want to smoke pot on my show? Here, I'll have Yeah, a I think Joe Rogan does a great job. One, one area, though, he's woefully misinformed and doesn't seem too interested in becoming better informed is on religion. Really? Especially... Mormons. Oh, really? He, he is. He, what does he say about Mormons? Well, he just, he just says things that are like really outdated kind of cliches, like polygamist know, stuff like that. Yeah. And other things And I'm always like, he must've had a bad experience with, with, with Mormons or religion in general. He's very, uh, uh, dismissive of the whole enterprise, which I can understand, but it, he's, he kind of prides himself on being Right. At least having some source for something that he or his guests are saying, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like when, when he had Alex Jones on, Alex Jones brought stacks of sources and he's just throwing, throwing them, at, them at him. You know, and he has his little fact checker guy, uh, Jamie or whatever his name is. But when it comes to religion, they, it's just like, he's just. He's okay to, to uh, smear the Mormons and. Just go on with it, and everybody else, right? Oh, everybody right. else. Okay, so it's but not he does just have a he does have a special like irritation for for the Mormons for some reason. He's probably been tracked it out one too many times. Well, yeah, by this point, about everybody in the U.S. probably has. They may not have realized it. May have thought yeah. they were Jehovah's Witnesses or FBI, but <clears throat> I would get that a lot on my mission. FBI, <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm like, yeah, the FBI is hiring teenagers now, which they probably are. <laughs> I saw a headline. I can't remember where it was. That the NSA is trying to hire all the all the um, woke 
uh, IT workers that have been fired from all these layoffs from these big companies like Twitter. You know how Elon Musk got rid of half of the staff? and Yeah, big tech's going through a big purge. Big purge. So big they're getting rid of all the people that aren't any good, and the NSA's gobbling them up for influence operations. Oh, boy. Because well, they're, wo- uh, they're woke. Well, that, that guy the, that worked at Twitter who was kind of the front man for the FBI, he probably probably would fit right in there and continue the FBI. Baker, the, the attorney? No, I'm talking about the technical guy, uh, Roth. or Oh, the, Joel Roth or Yoel Something Roth like something that, like yeah. That. And he, he probably would fit right in there and continue the... He's probably uh, already working at... He's probably the one in charge of hiring. At he, the NSA. Well, he didn't, whether he realized it or not, he was, he was long ago became an FBI asset. He probably thought it was just cool. Oh, I get to go to a meeting with the FBI where they tell me what to do. And if I don't do it, they'll kill me and my family. <laughs> but it's super cool. It's so awesome because, of course, I'm going to do what they want us to do. <laughs> I would do it even if they weren't threatening me because it's so cool. It's like a movie. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, very bad movie. <clears throat> it's like a uh, B movie. The movie. What's the movie? Or the Steven Seagal there's movie. The TV show where what's her name? She was in the TV show Alias, and now she does the Capital One. Jennifer Garner. Yeah. Isn't isn't is it was it the was it the Did show? You watch Alias. That was pretty good back in the day. Yeah, my my wife was really into it. I watched a bit of it. Was it Alias where she 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 tells her boyfriend what she really does, and then she comes home and he's dead in the bathtub. I don't remember. Wasn't her boyfriend Bradley Cooper? Yeah, for I a think while? he was dead in the bathtub. Or maybe this was pre. Maybe it was the boyfriend pre, before Bradley pre Cooper. Pre Bradley Cooper, but in the. In Bradley the, no. Cooper ended up having a great career after that. Yeah, he's done some stuff. Rocket the Raccoon in, in uh, Gardens of the Galaxy is his, probably his premier role. Did you say Gardens of the Galaxy? Guardians is what I said, but I slurred it, I'm sure. Gardens of the Galaxy. Gardens of the Galaxy. Today we'll be learning how to create space carrots. <laughs> uh, those the same gardens that the crew that Bobby Bruno uh, destroyed in the dogs destroyed Pepe's them. story. The dogs destroyed him, and he was reluctant to do anything about it. Yeah. So Alias ran from 2001 to 2006, and um, it looks like uh, trying to find out if they killed off Bradley Cooper was in 47 episodes, so I don't think they killed him off. No, I think I think they must have killed off a different. It was a different boyfriend, boyfriend. in the whole. If I'm remembering probably right, probably her first boyfriend. It was the whole idea was like, hey, you got to take this secret agent business seriously. That's when everybody knew that it was a serious show when they yeah, killed her boyfriend. Yeah. And she, you, you, and then her, her dad was like her handler, and he's like, "You can't just tell people what you do. We have to kill those people that you tell what you do." If I remember right, she thought she was working for the CIA. Then she found out she was working for some other secret organization. But didn't they find out they were working for the CIA? There was lots. Or of, maybe they found out that the CIA was running them, and it was actually the NSA that was running them. There was, but yeah, at the end, it was really James Comey that was running all of them. There was lots of uh, Mission Impossible taking the mask off moments in that show. Like they had two or three masks. It's like, yeah, it's like how how have you been living under the how do you three breathe? masks? That's terrible for your skin. <laughs> Yeah, but in the end, it was just James uh, Comey hiding Hillary Clinton's email server. 
that's what they found the Rimbaldi thing was. It was just really yeah. Hillary Clinton's email server. It was Hunter Biden's laptop. And then they took Jennifer Gardner and they locked her away in a British prison for years for telling about it. Did you see that Hunter Biden has come out and admitted that the laptop is his? Yeah, I saw it. Well, at least the headline I saw said that he was trying to turn the narrative uh, against the people who were weaponizing it against him. Yeah, he's trying to sue the people involved, including the shop owner and others. And it's like, so it is yours. (laughs) (laughs) No, but if it were... Yeah, it's we're in a weird spot because you know politically it looks like maybe the Republicans could do something, but if the, yeah, if, if well, the next election is stolen and it's just the Democrats running it, everything, there will be no appearance of a of a opposition party. You're talking about Republicans and the, and the Republicans in charge are just part of the Uniparty. Yeah, they don't really want to do anything. I've noticed a lot of uh, political cartoonists now have instead of just a uh, an elephant and a donkey they have a rhino that makes appearances in their political yeah, cartoons quite right. often yeah well that's all part of the it's all part of the 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 kfab part of the fifth generation p- part of the narrative this this uh, perceived reality that uh, this world that has been pulled over our eyes as we sleep in pods filled with gelatinous green or orange or but it tastes so good can you taste it? Is that why they, is it like orange crush or something flavored? <laughs> I, I'm going to eat a steak today and I guarantee it's going to taste good. Neo doesn't see. <laughs> <laughs> Took me a minute. When, when they're pulling that crap out of Neo, it doesn't seem like he's enjoying it. No, no. We, are we, we, we need to get back. We, it's been a long, long time since we've done a movie analysis. We should do another one of those. We kind of flirted with, Harry Potter. We did a couple of you did a solo episode, and then we yeah. kind of did a follow up. Yeah, I had someone say to me the other day, "So when are you guys doing your Harry Potter deep dive?" I'm like, "Well, we kind of did that. It was only two episodes instead of fifty, but <laughs> they're like, so oh, the fans I, are clamoring. I must for have it. missed that. The fans are clamoring for it. Not apparently not because they missed it. They didn't." Well, did we do more than one, or was it just that monologue? You I did. you did the solo, and then the next time, I we kind of followed up and we talked a little bit more about Harry mm. Potter. But I don't uh, I don't know that we talked a lot about we, it. We didn't. That's why I said we sort of flirted with it. I mean, you you I did I deep dived on episode good, one. Yeah, you did a pretty good deep dive on Harry Potter and cosmology and quidditch and yeah <clears throat> all that stuff we okay so the next one was terrible questions that was in november last year yeah maybe we could do a walk down memory lane where we just go through our favorite podcasts like of ours or just in general no ours oh just ours okay i mean what other podcasts are there um there's there's none that compare i think that's Truer words have never been spoken on the Mind Virus show. Fact check, true. <laughs> yeah, we, we talked a little about Halloween, Rooster Cogburn, Hugh Nibley, Nimrod, American Buffalo, Game yeah. of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. That's the one that was the one after Harry Potter called Terrible Questions. You know, we have a pretty good record of our of our episodes on the website where we reference all kinds of stuff. We're just keeping track of these for the NSA's uh, convenience. They well, don't need to. They're listening right now, real time. Yeah, 
they're the first people that get to hear our our podcast. That's because they're integrated into that uh, recording device that you have. It's true. It's true. <laughs> well, there's there's been a lot of uh, seemingly unserious uh, commentary today. I don't I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> My you know, point, I think sometimes exactly. I think sometimes you have to be lighthearted about all of this. It, like you have to have some humor about the destruction of the world. Uh, otherwise, it would be a pretty depressing experience to live through the end of the world, which I think we're living through. <laughs> it might take a while for it to end. Yeah, but I think we're in the. I think we're in the in the uh, we're in the final act, the final countdown. Yeah, it feels like that. Yeah, totally. But what do I know? I don't know. Yeah, anything. I don't know what. Yeah, we might still be in the middle. We might still be in the beginning. It totally feels like. The, but it feels like the the beginning of the end, and and things spiraling into just nonsense. And you know, we're being confounded. I think that's a good uh, analogy. I think we're being confounded. The difference is, if you were to inquire of the Lord, where would He tell you to go? Well, he'd say, you're all, he'd say this, he'd say, you're all dressed up with nowhere to go. Is there a land choice above all other lands that we can go to? You're walking with a dead man over your shoulder. Waiting for an invitation to ri- arrive, going to a party where no one is still alive. That sounds like it's a dead man's party. I was struck by lightning walking down the street, and I was hit by something last night in my sleep. Let's end this podcast with you telling us about your dream. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's okay, a isn't good that segue. serendipitous? Yeah, so I had this dream last night that I was on a boat, okay, like an old style boat, you know, like a pirate vessel or something, you know, at a, a, at a Magellan era boat. Okay, so it had sails. Sails and, and wood. wood. And that boat, as we got closer to the harbor that we were coming towards, started to fall apart. Okay, this is interesting. So just like just the planks start popping yeah, just, out of it. Yeah, kind of started to. Uh, what, how vivid was this dream? Did you, did you like? Were you in the Caribbean? Were you? Uh, uh, or was we, it the Caribbean? I want to say were we you, were coming up on like a not a Caribbean island. We were approaching a a, a harbor with a was it like established Wy- Wyoming on the other side of the harbor? Like just oh uh, no, I wish. Okay, I wish you know maybe that's the choice land above all fields other of, lands. Fields of grain. <laughs> But we were coming up on this harbor, and there was a city, and by the time we kind of pulled in, I was basically standing on planks that were just left. Like, the boat had completely... So your boat had become a raft. Yeah, the boat had completely fallen apart, and I don't remember other people. So it was just you on the boat? Maybe. Your boat is coming apart. And now here was where it got a little interesting, is the harbor, the city was being overwhelmed by like a sandstorm. And you were coming into the city. It's like you were asking yourself, why am I sailing well, we were, to this? Well, we were seeking, you know, a harbor is known, is generally like a safe, safety, right? It's home. You're okay, returning so you, from but, sea. So there were people with you? So it I, was a we? I don't remember anybody, anybody else in the dream. But you get, you said we were seeking. Well, that's just kind of, you know, the, the idea of, of a harbor, okay. right? But it seems like there was impl- the implication of other people were there. I don't. It wasn't like it was a real. Well, it's a dream. It wasn't real specific, like the streets were empty. But I remember hopping off of this raft onto the dock and running up some stairs, and there's a sand, like a sandstorm, moving in from 
from like towards from inland from inland okay. yeah but it wasn't like it was kind of a misty type thing like the color of a sandstorm and i remember thinking there's there's no safe harbor <laughs> oh wow because <laughs> the boat was gone i couldn't escape and then the city the harbor was being wow. engulfed by this mist of sandy storminess and that's all i remember but take that when was what? this when was this this was this morning this was last yeah like like between i think i i think i got up at four o'clock in the morning and okay. went to the bathroom and then i think it was after that so <clears throat> i i you know i think there's something to our dreams and i think there's something to the times and seasons of the year this being one of the cross quarters we're coming off of friday you know maybe we're still in sort of an alignment or something but uh I think there's something to that dream. So the other day, I wasn't going to say this, but I'll go ahead and tell it since you just had your dream okay. about no safe harbor. This was uh, within, it wasn't a week ago. It's got to be two or three days ago, maybe four days ago. Okay. This was my dream. I'm not going to tell you the whole dream. Okay. But I was on the ground floor of a house and I'm just, I'm just going to tell you the start of the dream. And I was on the phone um, talking with a friend about work that needed to be done that I needed to do, right? And um, some other things. And I'm on the phone and on this ground floor, it was like a, a den or an office or something, but it had one of those big sliding glass windows, mm-hmm. big glass windows. And off in the distance, so when the phone call started, off in the distance, I could see all these tornadoes whipping up, Okay tornadoes not a sandstorm these are tornadoes okay so this is like a special like they effects. were like twisters coming out of the sky no they were down like these were big they twisters were already on the ground there were more than there was at least five okay. okay which is unusual right and there was there was city or town or whatever off in the distance that they were destroying so i'm on the phone and i'm looking at out of the corner of my eye I see these twisters and i look over at them and they're fiery twisters these are tornadoes that are on fire right and uh, Whitaker out there is going to say, did they have sharks in them? Yeah, Were they sharknadoes? I was just thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, but these were, twi- they're destroying everything and they were way off in the distance. And so then I went back to the phone call for a second and I, and I w- was in the middle of the phone call and then I look back and the, this fiery tornado, these fiery tornadoes are upon us. They, mm-hmm. were, they were so quickly upon us. And that was... Uh, that's all I'm going to tell you from the dream, but I, I had to hang up the phone and go right. looking for my family to get them to safety. But the, but the tornado was upon us. It was immediate and right. um, the destruction was imminent. So that's interesting that you just had a dream. I, I, I just see some, I see some similarities. Yeah, do, you, do you sense any, do you see any similarities there yeah. in those dreams? Yeah. The, I think the similarities is uh, a, a storm is upon us. Mm-hmm. A destructive storm. By the way, this is unscripted. Last week's title was unscripted because the Mind Virus podcast is usually unscripted. So I did not know anything about Bobby's dream, and he didn't know anything about my dream. We didn't plan that. We didn't right. make that up, except <laughs> for the fact that everything you see or hear could be a deep fake. Maybe next time we'll talk about the dream Joseph Smith had about his old barn. That could have gone well with last week's episode. Potentially, yes. Okay. Well, on that note. Well, yeah, it's probably time to wrap it okay. up. <laughs> I haven't, we haven't had any fallout from last week's episode yet. 
Well, when you say it like that, you're gonna, people are going to go, wait, I better go listen to last week's Well, episode. I don't know. if You, you probably shouldn't. I, I re-listened to it a couple of times, and I thought it was a good, healthy discussion. I think it's healthy discussion, too. But the question is, can you have that discussion? So far, <laughs> depends on the setting. <laughs> With it, this week's episode might be worse. I mean, we just dead-named and misgendered the entire, <laughs> every, everybody and their dog. Right. This episode, by the way, is brought to you by Hogwarts Legacy. For every <laughs> and cop, Pfizer. For every copy sold... We'll donate all the money to Pfizer. A transgender person is violently hurt. Apparently. Allegedly. You, Just buying that game makes you transphobia. I want you to know that. It's an itis. An itis. No, I'm using their language now. Okay, well, now you're confounded. Okay, <laughs> that'll be the title of this episode, Confundation or Confounded or something like that. Uh, I know all you listeners that are listening through the NSA's tap-in are already getting this firsthand. We will post it to the web once we've had a chance to edit it. And we will see you next week, I guess. Yeah, we'll see you, everybody. Uh, stay sane and all of those other things. Stay sane and deflective. <laughs> Right, and we will see you inside Hogwarts Legacy. We continue to After talk. The P.S. P.S. <laughs> P.S. So Bobby just had a really good point that I said he needs. To, we need to talk about this just real quick because Hogwarts Legacy, we've met, which is sponsoring right? our show, and Pfizer. Okay. Um. <laughs> You could play. You said Hogwarts, you could play as a transgender Hogwarts character. Hogwarts Legacy apparently has the option to create a transgender character. So the way, it's a single player game, and you go through character creation, and there's a billion different customizations. Even though it takes place in at Hogwarts in the 1800s, you can be a, an Asian or a black kid or all sorts of things that probably combinations of race that probably didn't exist in 1800s okay, so but listen we're it's talking about wizards about, it doesn't it doesn't have to be historically talk, accurate right we're talking about it's a about fantasy a fantasy universe in a fantasy world okay so with, it, with it loose does, connections it, it's very fantastical here because loose connections to the real world anyway you can play as a transgender character which is doesn't make sense to me because if you are sitting at home and you're like me and you're a male, well, I can play the game as a female character. It's perfect, right? Video games make it easy to do I this whole thing. I don't have to have a transgender character. I can just be a girl. You can be the gender you want to be right? Which at, is, any, at any moment. And I've done that in games, not for the... <laughs> I've just played as female characters. Some, ga some games, like Horizon... You, norm you normally do that, Horizon right? Zero if you're Dawn... Out there, if you're out there in the multiverse and uh, you're playing a game and you think you've run into Bobby Flood, he might be a she in the game. Some games you don't have a choice. Like Horizon Zero Dawn is a single-player action game where the protagonist is a female. Sometimes you want to play uh, as a big hulking orc right yeah is it a male or a female orc well, you can choose right depending yeah, on the okay, game like good. world of warcraft you can be a male orc or a female orc or That's a... because of that hot lady that they had play in the movie <laughs> she was also in mission impossible right yeah and, and sadly i thought her acting in that movie was worse than the cgi orcs but eh. 
I don't know how you pull that one off. That's a tough one. But uh, here's the point. Like, Hogwarts Legacy, you don't need a transgender option. That already exists by being able to play as a man or as a woman. Or a boy or a girl. I guess you're a teenager in the, as a, you know, protagonist. Well, just furthering the psychosis. I mean... So what would you this let is, this is so, like this is this is like uh the, this is back to alias the CIA turns out to be <laughs> no wait no wait yeah the CIA turns out to be the secret organization which turns out to be the NSA which turns out to really be the CIA So or is it Do you play as a do you pick your character do you start this will be interesting in the character creation do you start with a let's say start with a male character then you click the transgender version. So then that male character, you can have female attributes. But is this only in character creation? Yeah. They should be able to transfigure themselves whenever they want. I mean, not only is that what's going on in society, but uh, there is well, a transfiguration s- uh, spell there in may the Harry be, Potter world. There probably is the option. A lot of to these, switch. A lot of these types of games, Midstream. you can visit a barber shop and you can get a new haircut. Yeah, but can you get a new gender? Maybe, probably. You can do that in World of Warcraft. You can change your avatar from a male orc to a female orc. Midstream. Yeah, you just visit the the barber. <laughs> <laughs> and there's jokes about that, right? But so this but goes on. In the World nice of thing Warcraft. about that, well, the, and, and it's not necessarily there for like woke purposes. It's just a nice quality of life. Like sometimes you want to change up the avatar that you're staring at, so you get new hair color or skin color, or you can. But in World of Warcraft, you're playing with other people, right? Yeah, and they're cool with like, no, like Lero Jenkins is now Lirina. Lorena, Lorena Jenkins. Yeah, I mean, no one really cares. No one, no one, no one's paying that much attention to other people's avatars. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but wouldn't you, if they're on your team, wouldn't you know? Not really. Oh, okay. They have all the same hit points and everything. Yeah. All the same dexterity, yeah. strength, intelligence, whatever. All the yeah attributes yeah, are. Yeah. yeah. Even okay. though. If you switch to a girl character, the intelligence should go down. Oh, jeez, Bobby. <laughs> that we're offending everybody. Oh, come on. I had, I, it's okay. a joke. It's that's a, a joke. That's a teenage boy joke. We're, a joke. That, that was, again, the deep fake. Somebody deep faked into the mind virus show. This whole thing was a deep fake. It was if, you a think, jo- if you think this is really what's going on over here, this is just a deep fake. Oh, I had it. Punk it, it podcast. Okay, okay. Come on. They're also anyway. bad drivers. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if you play GTA 5 as a female, you crash a lot more. <laughs> Come on, people. Okay. Come on. Come on. Okay. We can have fun. All right. Uh, let's stop this second okay. recording. That was I'll, a good place to end. I'll splice it back Grand in. Grand Theft Auto 5. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Take care, everybody. Have a nice week. <laughs>